LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And you're probably noticing that I'm here alone. Uh, I'm here by myself. There's no Derek today. Uh, Today we have two special guests, Richard Borgonen and Tony Wright from uh, The Word One to One Ministry. We're going to be diving into that conversation soon, but I just want to give thanks to our sponsors, the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. And also mention that we're also proudly part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Uh, can I encourage you guys to check out the New Churches Podcast? It's got some great friends of mine, Daniel Lim, Todd Atkins, and Ed Stetzer. And it's a great podcast if you're looking to get some uh, input into church planting from a, from a global Western perspective. But for now, you press play on episode 50 of The One Thing. Uh, that's right, we have reached our golden 50s. Uh, I guess that's the new middle age, isn't it? I'm 40, so 50, 50 is still pretty old to me, really, if I'm, if I'm honest. Uh, you've joined us for One to One Ministry. And as I said, we've got Richard Borgonen and Tony Wright with us today. Uh, to be honest, not every Christian feels capable of having that conversation. They wouldn't say they're a gifted evangelist. And I think more so in our post-Christian uh, gospel climate change culture that we live in today in Australia and, and in uh, parts of secular Western uh, the Western world. Uh, a lot of us don't feel uh, confident or capable of having that one-on-one conversation uh, with a, an unbeliever or with someone who's a skeptic or, or checking out Christianity. Is it, is it doable? Uh, is it something that every Christian should be able to do? Uh, and I think we've got two guys who can help us answer that question today. So Richard, can I welcome you uh, to The One Thing? Thank you very much. It's a delight to be here. As you can hear, Richard is not from around here. Uh, he's a former financial high flyer, very familiar with the top end of down. He sold insurance uh, for a number of years, but he's also the chairman of uh, of 10 of those and spends a lot of his time sharing the Bible with executives across the world and encouraging the local church to be out there doing that as well. We've also got Tony Wright, who is the manager of uh, the Word One to One as well. Great to be here. Good to have you, Tony. And uh, Tony's just jumped on board in the last 12 months with the Word One to One and he's equipping the church all around Australia. Yep, that's the plan. Great. Well, um, I want to um, I want to come to you firstly, Richard, and uh, and I, I want you to uh, tell us, why, why did you not feel confident or able to share the Bible with your uh, friends? Oh, there's no question that as a Christian of some 36 years standing, um, I uh, enjoyed having an intellectually interesting conversation. So I would certainly, I was certainly known as a Christian businessman and I might well have handed you in the old days a cassette uh, of a talk or, or a CD of a talk as those came in. I might have handed you a book and you knew if you were going to have a lunch, a coffee or a dinner with Richard Bagonan, it was bound to get round to at some stage. What did he think about Christianity? Now, the point is, I was doing that in such a way that if you had said to me, do you believe you should take the gospel to your friends? Oh, yes, I've sat through so many talks where we've all agreed we must take the gospel to our friends. If you then asked me, OK, Richard, can you pick up a Bible and take the gospel to your friend? I'd have to say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, but I haven't got a clue how. So you have to have the intellectual discussion, have to have the argument about Christianity, hear, hear their thoughts and, and, and win the argument. 
but actually getting them to open up God's word. Well, you just summed it up. Of course, what it had turned into was an intellectually interesting argument. Mm. So, And here's the problem with that today. So it tends to be far too much about me if actually I'm not talking about the word because I don't know how to share the word. So what I'm saying is, and you know, you, your Christian audience are absolutely going to know what I'm going to say. Well, of course, this gives me a peace that passes all understanding. But today, the guy who's come from California on holiday or is buying business magazines is saying, well, yes, but hang on a minute. I've actually decided to try mindfulness. And mindfulness is that I'm practicing a little bit of yoga and I've decided to think positively. So as long as I keep thinking positively, I'm fine. And actually, Richard, I've got a bit of a peace now. And in a politically correct world, those two must be judged as being equal. Mm. So I would take you back 12 years. There I was, 51 years old. I was, uh, I'd been a Christian, as I say, for 36 years. And frankly, I had turned into the equivalent of an electric car just making it back to the charging station mm. when I went to church. So I'd walk through the doors of the church, go, Phew, survived another week pull up the drawbridge behind me, shut that awful world out, I've survived. Now, I've come for some great preaching. So plug me into the spiritual mains. I'm expecting three things. I'm expecting to hear the word of God, which is going to encourage me. I'm expecting some wonderful worship. Thank you, worship team. And I'm expecting to pray. But at the end of this time, I'm expecting to disconnect the charging cable. And I am not expecting to charge during the week. I'm expecting to drain. And hopefully I'll make it back to the charging station next week. (laughs) Now, I don't do that anymore Mm. because I've now got the gospel in a socially acceptable format. Literally, the the words of the gospel of John on the left hand side of the page and some superb teaching from William Taylor, one of the best Bible teachers of our generation in the UK, who's got on the right hand side of the page the questions that those verses ask verse by verse and the answers. Mm. So literally, I've got a skeleton conversation that I can run through with my non-Christian friend saying, look, I'm just really excited about this overview. I actually start by just asking them for a coffee to meet the overview that is the start of John's gospel. And, and I so say, if, you, if you're like, you're getting supercharged just from having, having these gospel conversations during the week, and actually you're able to then come to church on the Sunday and rather than uh, you know, get zoot back up again. You're actually pouring yourself out and getting oh, drunk from the church experience. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I come back now. <laughs> I come back now, having had a fantastic week. <laughs> I get hold of my minister by both lapels and say, "Teach me more." Mm. By the way, here's Tom, Dick, and Harry who I brought to sit underneath your pulpit Mm. because they've now started to get interested in the word of God because they've been looking at John with me. Do you see how that works? I do, I do. Tony, I'm I'm interested to get you in on the discussion as well. Why is it, do you think, from an Australian perspective, uh, when we as a church, as individual Christians in Australia, aren't reading the Bible more with with our non-Christian mates? Uh, I think one of the key reasons is that in terms of the way a church organizers and thinks about evangelism, uh, most of our churches, if they're doing something in that space, are running courses. So they may have guest speakers in church, so bring your friends to church, or they've got a course, come to hear our speaker at the course. And we're not necessarily equipping and training and encouraging the saints to kind of go out and share the gospel. We might train them to go out and invite 
to be friendly and to invite, but to actually for themselves open up the word with people who are just not doing that. And I think uh, that's in the space of evangelism. And in our churches, I don't think we're doing much in the space of one-to-one ministry either. Mm. Uh, so I think maybe we uh, tend to leave that to the student ministry and, and we kind of get on and write our sermons and lead our groups, our Bible study groups. So this, um, it's not surprising then that individual Christians, even though they might be keen, even though they might assent that they want to share the gospel, they just don't know how. And and I'm not hearing you say no to the gathering either, Richard, in that oh, no. or public gathering. I'm not hearing you say no to courses. No. What I am hearing you saying is we're a lot further back. Uh, and in order to get someone into a course or to coming to a, a, a church service on Sunday to hear the gospel, uh, we need um, we need also uh, we need also to you know to help help bring them along on that journey. Yeah, I think I mean um, for somebody to become a Christian, it's always a, a journey. You know, the, the, and there's lots of different elements in in that uh, process. But even when you know Billy Graham uh, preached so effectively in the 50s, the people who were coming to hear him were in somehow connected to the churches. So they were, you know, Billy Graham's famous line of um, "the buses will wait." They're not, you know, government buses. They're church buses. Mm. The church has bused people in. So those people who've come uh, and do become Christian, they've they've already been connected to the church in some way. But we're just not finding that now. In our day and age, people are just a lot further away from uh, Christian thinking, the church, um, who is Jesus. They're just not, it's not even on their radar. And one of the one of the powerful things about this tool is that uh, that that we, the individual, are actually often a, a great communicator of the gospel positively and and negatively. Um, it's it's that value of that relationship that that actually, uh, when a, a Christian comes and says, "Hey." I've heard this great message. I want you to hear it. it. It's not only the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit working in someone's lives, but it's also the power of that relationship. That's, yes, uh, you you literally become living church to that person. And mm. today, because they're so far back, that takes time. So I'm not surprised that actually the Lord has put the gospel back into the hands of the normal person, like Acts, so that they are actually living the relationship of sharing the gospel over time. Now, I, I promise you, it's a huge relief to me and all people people around the world who are using the word one-to-one, that nobody ever remembers what I say. They are absolutely fixated on the word. But I do have to have the courage to be a fool for the Lord to ask someone. And then when I've actually got them, I'm a page turner. Mm. I'm not a Bible teacher. I want to bring them to you, the Bible teacher. So I would suggest that what we do with uh, the word one-to-one is we're literally introducing Jesus to a population that's not thinking about Christ and they're certainly not thinking about church. Once they've started to fall in love with who Christ is because they've seen him through the pages of the gospel, now they're prepared to think about coming on a course. So I think actually the gospel is being used in this way as the road to the course, whereas today to say to you, say to someone, listen, would you like to think about Jesus? And would you like to embarrass yourself in front of some other people and actually answer questions about Jesus in a public setting? The answer is no, mm, I'm mm, not ready mm. for that. It's not that the course is wrong. Please don't get me wrong. Mm. Keep doing the courses. But how do we get people to the course? Excellent. I want to, um, I want to put a pause on that, open up the toolbox, but then come back to some of the mechanics of actually using the word to one um, in ministry as well. Well, uh, this week's toolbox, as always, three key tools. I think the the key tool for us is the Word of God. And what I'd encourage you all to do is just open up a gospel and just read it from start to finish it. Start to finish. Read it. Uh, fall in love with the story of Jesus and his work. 
uh, on the cross for us. Uh, I think that's one of the first things that I want to encourage those in professional ministry who listen to this and those who are listening to it for encouragement as well. Read a gospel uh, from cover to cover. The second resource that I want you to get <laughs> is the Word Wonder One resource. You can get that from the Wandering Booksellers. Carl Grice will be happy uh, to send you loads of copies. Uh, buy the whole set of four. And then you've got the complete John's Gospel and you've got a number of books to also give away and start reading with a mate as well. Uh, and the final one is I'm going to give a PDF handout of the top 10 tips that uh, uh, Richard has for reading the Word to One with people as well. So we'll give you a link to that as well and the Word One to One website in Australia. So uh, Richard and Tony, coming back to you, um, how do I get started? I, I bought the book. How do I actually ask someone? To read this with me. Well, listen, there's over 75,000 of these books flying around the world and countless downloads. The downloads were so great in China, the government blocked the website. So what I'm about to say will, is how I do it, but it can't be how everybody's doing it. So here's what I do. I simply say, listen, haven't you always thought that one day you'd have a look at the book that sold more copies than any other in the history of printing, the Bible? Wouldn't you expect there's probably some good stuff in it? Now, please note, I didn't mention church and I didn't mention Christ because mm. they're not thinking about either mm. of those. Mm. Well, listen, I'm very excited because there's one book in the Bible that happens to start with an overview. It's only 18 verses long. And I've got these notes which have become a global phenomena on the Internet, which go alongside those 18 verses. And I'm really excited. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Because I'd like to stoke show you this this overview at the start of the book of John. And listen, all I'm going to say to you at the end is, did you enjoy that? And would you like to meet again? So all I'm saying if before they've even had a chance to say yes, is I'm telling you how this is going to end. It's, it's not a course. You're not signing up for anything. I'm simply buying you a cup of coffee because I'm excited about the first 18 verses of John. And I've got some great notes I'd like to show you as we go through it. So, Tony, my friend has said yes. What do I do? Oh, now, I'm, now I'm sort of starting to get nervous. I'm flicking through this thinking, how do I do this? Yep, yep. Um, start with prayer. So pray for yourself. Uh, pray for confidence. Pray for the words to say. Uh, pray for your friend uh, who's going to meet with you, especially pray for their conviction of sin and as they realize who they are before Jesus. Uh, and then when you meet, uh, so before you meet, sorry, I'd say um, prepare. So certainly don't just flick through the notes, read through them uh, and understand both what the Bible's saying and the questions and the answers. Um, but it's all there in front of you. And so when you meet with your friend, the, you'll open up the you'll open up the notes. On the left hand side is the Bible, and we uh, when we meet with people, we say we never ask them to read out loud. Uh, no one does that anywhere else except for churches. So you say, oh, read it to yourself. Um, you have to live with the silence there for a little bit, and then the the questions are there, so you can ask the questions, and then the answers are there as well to those questions. So unlike lots of Bible studies that we're used to running, um, this one has the answers, and so what that means is it's easy for the person to lead it through. You don't have to remember the, the clever answer. You don't have to remember the right response. It's there on the page in front of you. And for the person you're meeting with, it's a very safe thing for them. They're not going to be asked a question that they don't know the answer to. And then because it's a resource and because it's one-to-one, -one, it will work out differently for every kind of pair of people. So if somebody's a talker, you can imagine that they're going to have lots of questions, lots of things to say. Uh, if somebody's more reflective, uh, you might feel like you're doing a monologue. 
And either of those is okay. You're figuring it out as you go along. What we find is as people get into it, as they've done one, two, three studies, they open up a bit more. They're not scared. They're not worried. They can see that the, the notes are fine. There's nothing intimidating about it. And they kind of get into it and go with the flow. And the simple finish of, would you like to catch up next week and do this all over again? Yeah. Well, yes, literally. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> Would you like to? And I tell you, I promise you what happens, and it happens yes. all around the world, is after, say, I reckon between three and five coffees maximum, they're stopping you and saying, listen, I've never seen this before. Why has no one ever shown me this before? Yes, I'm really enjoying this, Scott. Um, when can I see you next? Mm -hmm. So the question, actually, you need the question because it'd be presumptuous otherwise, um, but you're you're going to be replaced by someone who's in, falling in love with the Word of God. Now, we're wanting to see people connect with, with the church. I'm, I'm hearing you say that loud and clear, uh, Richard. What... What, what does it generally take? How long does it generally take as you're reading through and working through these notes with someone? Well, I hate to be trite, but why are you asking me? Because the thing you learn very rapidly in doing the word one-to-one -one is it's God's ministry, not your ministry. Mm. The reason they said yes, and by the way, one in five around the world, we now know will say yes to that cup of coffee. Yep. And well over 90% of the people you've got through the first study will not only continue to meet you the next time, they'll actually get to the end of 21 chapters. It's extraordinary. Yeah, brilliant. So, so um, actually, if you're retired and the retireds absolutely adore this because their friends are not at peace, they don't feel secure, mm. and you do see them for coffee. In fact, you've been talking a lot of rubbish, most most retired folks say. Oh, it's been terrible conversations. Now I've got something really serious to look at. Yep. And that may take three months because – and a mum who has the kids next together it might be three months – for a businessman, I might be 18, but I don't worry about it because the Lord knows how long it's going to take to lead that person to Christ through this process. Now, Tony, uh, one final question for you. Uh, how's it going in Australia? What's the report card from you in terms of the local church in Australia? Uh, I think the, it, it's fairly new to the local church. I mean, that's why I've come aboard in under the last 12 months is to help the local church hear about it, find out about it, uh, run training or encouraging it. It's slow going. Churches change and grow slowly and move. Uh, they're not always the most nimble or agile of organizations. So it can be, uh, but we're introducing it to ministers and saying, can you use it yourself? Mm. So to get the, the leader using it and their staff modeling team. It. Modeling it. Yeah. If, if they're not, you can't just tell your people to do it if you're not going to do it yourself. So that's, that's the first step. Uh, the second is finding champions, people across the age ranges and the demographics who want to give it a go and then telling and sharing their stories and making it a part of a church culture. And, and the, their DNA. And so that just takes time. So it's a slow burn at the moment. But uh, we've had some great meetings in uh, Brisbane and Adelaide with a bunch of churches who are beginning to kind of see mm. the value in this. And people are excited. They, they're, they're buying packs, they're downloading stuff. And um, now they've got the, the tough job of actually asking people. Great. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. So Richard, what's the, the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to one-on-one -on -one evangelism? Your faith is not just about you. You have been called to be part of the Great Commission. And actually what we're discovering is by far the most fantastic thing in discipleship is to be able to take the gospel to your friends. Because what you'll find is a very active saviour who is actually working in your unique circle mm. where the ministry team can't go. 
And you'll never be the same Christian again because you'll be walking out seeing God at work. It's not about you. Evangelism is not about you. It is all about the fact that God builds his church. But you do have to ask in order to be able to be a Bible sharer. Great. Well, thanks, uh, Richard. Thanks, Tony, for uh, coming on The One Thing today. Well, if you like what you've heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. As I said at the start, we'd love you to check out some of the other podcasts in our podcast network. So check out the New Churches Q&A podcast. Uh, just look it up with those two words, New Churches, on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Um, thanks again, guys, for uh, being on today's show. And uh, thanks for joining us, those who are listening online. Uh, coming up in the next episode, we're going to be thinking about corporate prayer. What's the one thing you need to know when you're leading people in prayer out loud? Derek's going to be back on board to help say a little more than just amen. Until then, I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. Chat soon.